from Los Angeles, California. This is the Writer's Strike Chronicles, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Today is Thursday, February 14th, 2008. It's official. As reported in my previous podcast, members of the Writers Guild of America have voted to end the strike. In the next few weeks, the membership will convene again and vote as to whether to ratify or reject the proposed contract. Since there are no picket lines to go to, what I've decided to do is release recordings that have not yet been published. In this series, and in the next few days, this podcast will feature interviews made with writers in front of the Guild's theater where the actual voting took place. Now please keep in mind that what the membership was voting on at the time of these recordings was to lift or suspend the strike action of picketing only. Also please note that these interviews are presented as they were recorded. And since I am not a writer or a member of the Writers Guild, I have no interest in favoring whether to ratify or reject the contract. Again, I repeat, I am merely offering these interviews up to my listeners as I recorded them. But before we begin, a couple of news and notes. Today, David Plum of the New York Press posted a piece entitled The Sipley Scenario with the description, A New York Times reporter turned the Hollywood writer strike into a battle between good and evil. Also posted was a follow-up piece entitled, Did New York Times reporter Michael Sipley break the rules? For all the details and links, just go to my blog, strikechronicles.com. Now, This is relevant because a few days ago I blogged that the TV Decoder, the New York Times blog covering all things television, recently cross-posted the original Michael Sipley piece. So I posted a comment on the TV Decoder blog asking them what Mr. Sipley's sources were during a media blackout, and I also asked if the New York Times had done a thorough fact-check. I posted that the reason I was asking was because of the chatter I was hearing on United Hollywood regarding this, and actually posted in my comment a link pointing back to the United Hollywood discussion. The comment was approved, but the link was deleted for reasons I don't know why. I don't know what the New York Times standards and rules are for allowing links in a comment, but for what it's worth, the following comment was made by a person who identifies herself as Citizen Kate, and her comment contained a link to her YouTube channel, and that link was allowed to remain in the comment. So today I just posted a follow-up comment asking the folks at the TV Decoder blog why my link was deleted. I also asked for a public posting as to what the blog's guidelines are for posting comments so that readers and participants may know what to expect to happen to their comments after posting. Let me reiterate, so far, TV Decoder has permitted one comment to feature a link pointing back to another site, but my comment with a link pointing back to United Hollywood was edited to remove the link. Draw your own conclusions, but I will wait and watch this blog post to see if A, my follow-up comment was approved, and B, what they have to say. And it's worth noting that in my follow-up comment on the TV Decoder blog, I signed off with the following, Tanya Barnes, www.strikechronicles.com. So now I'm curious if that link will be allowed to remain or not. I'm also curious what the TV Decoder blogger's answer is to my question, legacy notwithstanding, what is the more powerful invention, the internet or the printing press? 
Anyway, let's move on with today's episode. On the day of the vote, I put on something comfortable because I knew I was going to be standing around all day. But at the last minute, as I was running out the door, I put on what's called a fascinator hat. Now, a fascinator hat is a small miniature hat that's all the rage with my girlfriends. And I crafted this hat by myself. It is a mini fedora or a trilby decorated with a Hollywood entertainment theme. It's a really cute hat, and in fact, there's a photo of it in my blog if you care to check it out at strikechronicles.com. So I got down to the Writers Guild Theater in Beverly Hills about an hour before voting began. The place was chocker block with the press, and news vans were everywhere. Just before 2 o'clock, Patrick Verone appeared and spoke to reporters briefly. Let's hear what he had to say. Well, we're very optimistic that uh, we're going to have a, a good turnout and a, and a very positive result. Hopefully, uh, sometime later tonight, we'll announce the end of the strike. But I got to go in and vote. I got to call this meeting to order. So thank you all for coming and and stick around. How do you feel? I'm, I'm optimistic that the strike will end tonight. So nice hat. <laughs> thank That was Patrick Verone entering the Writers Guild Theater on the day of voting to decide whether the strike would be lifted. Coming up is an interview with Jeffrey Berman from United Hollywood, one of the earliest contributors to the United Hollywood blog. Jeffrey has been a guest on my show many times, and I think I saw him the most frequently on the picket lines than anybody else. Jeffrey was totally mobbed by reporters when I first saw him, so I just walked up to stick my microphone in with the rest of them. The look of recognition on Jeffrey's face when he saw me was priceless. Let's listen to what Jeffrey had to say. Do whatever the guild asks of them. And did you have cutbacks in your personal life? Or? Of course. You want to give it, give it this? Well, we saw a lot less movies. <laughs> I'll tell you that, honestly. Are you in favor of voting for stopping the picketing? or? I am in favor of stopping it. And what, what is your name, sir? I'm Jeff Berman. B E R M A N. B E R M A N. J E F F. J E F F R E Y. And you're, you're a film, feature film writer? I am a feature film writer. I'm also a member of UnitedHollywood.com. Oh, yeah, look at that. We're a website that was started you know, at the beginning of the strike. Uh, we feel we've been somewhat instrumental. We've kept not only the public but our own membership aware of what's been going on and we've We've, and the press, and we've done the best we could to reach out to everyone and let them know our point of view as the strike continued. And what feature film, have you written films that we would recognize? Or? You haven't yet, but okay. hopefully I'll have one at the end of the year that'll be on the Hallmark Channel called The uh, The Last Rainmaker. Okay, great. Hey, thanks very much. You're welcome. Thanks for talking. What's the mood going in? I'm sorry? What's the mood going in today? I think the mood going in is uh, relief. I think we're all ready to go back to work. I think we're ready for the strike to be over. It, you know, in the terms of uh, long term, when you look at how strikes are, are run and how they're held, I think this was a good strike. I think we held strong. There was a lot of camaraderie on the line. There was a lot of unity. Uh, everyone hung tough together. And we're proud. We're proud of not only our leaders, we're proud of the negotiating committee, we're proud of the board, but we're proud of each other. We're proud of how strong as a union we appeared this time and how well we held together. I do. Uh, from the meeting that I was at, 
on Saturday. It seemed like overall the majority of the members are willing to live with this, are happy with it for the most part. There are some problems with it, but if you look at it as a baseline going into the future, there's certainly a lot of room to grow and we've got something to build on. You're welcome. Any advice for... <laughs> no, I know that. That's why I just sat there silently. What I really want to know is, do you have any advice for future generations 20 years from now when some disruptive technology fucks up the entertainment industry again? What do you have to say to your brothers and sisters on the line in the stand, future? Stand strong. We did it now for you. You'll do it for someone else. All I can tell you is stand strong. Okay, was it worth the fight? Of course. I mean, look what they were offering us before we came into this. They, they wanted us to pull everything that had to do with new media off the table. They wanted, uh, I think there was something like over 100 rollbacks. So uh, coming out of this, we have absolutely no rollbacks. We have coverage in new media. So was it worth the fight? Absolutely. And, and what's next for you in terms of new media? I heard you're doing a Hallmark show. You can please plug that, but I also want to know what's next for you in terms of new media. I have a television series that I created that, that came out of all of this. I, I've decided to take advantage of the new media myself. So I have a show that will premiere or promo on Strike TV, and then we'll be on the web hopefully for, uh, for six weeks running continuously. It'll be a daily strip show. Oh, yeah. What's it called? It's called The Right Environment, W-R-I-T-E, and it is an interview show with writers. And the premise is that you see a lot of, of interview shows with like the actor's studio, yeah. and I've seen the dialogues with feature writers, but what I'm doing is I'm going into the homes, into the offices, wherever the writers feel most creative, wherever their muses speak to them, yeah. I'll be there interviewing them in those places, and hopefully some of that creativity will rub off onto me and to all of us as we as we learn how they went through their writing process, their careers, and what they learned. That sounds great. Well, good luck to you, Jeff. Thank it was great much. working with you these past few months. So anybody that looks for it, eventually by the end of the month, it'll be out. Hopefully, it'll be www.therightenvironment.tv. And again, that's W-R-I-T-E, therightenvironment.tv. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you again. You too. That was Jeffrey Berman from United Hollywood in front of the Writers Guild Theater on the day the membership voted to end the strike. Coming up is an interview I have with Bruce Nichols, who is also the president of the Studio City Chamber of Commerce. Now, Bruce is the first writer I've interviewed in all this time that represents daytime television writers. For my part, all I did was show up at the strike line and put a mic in front of anybody who would speak to me. But I have now made a note to self on things I could have done better, which is to talk to more writers of Bruce's kind. It's worth noting that Bruce, in addition to being a member of the Writers Guild, is also a dual card holder, like myself, of SAG and AFTRA. And some of the questions I was asking him had to do with the relationship between these two unions, which I feel is tenuous at best. Earlier this month, after decided to break off with SAG at the negotiating table with the AMPTP. The trades were calling this a divorce between the two unions. So, on February 9th, the same day that the Writers Guild membership meeting took place, the Screen Actors Guild called for a special national board meeting to address its deteriorating relationship with the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Okay, let's roll sound with Bruce Nichols. My name is Bruce Nichols, N-E-C-K-E-L-S. Uh, we're here at 135 uh, South Dehaney, the Writers Guild Theater, to make a vote yes or no whether to stop picketing. How long have you been in the Guild? 18 years. 
Oh, what got you in the guild? Well, what got me in the guild was a little NBC show that was newly created called Generations. And it was my first opportunity to write. And I was an actor before that, but then I started writing that show, and it's been 18 years later, I've... I'm still writing soaps. Oh, awesome. Okay, so you're in SAG and, and Writer's Guild. That's correct, and AFTRA. And AFTRA. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. This is gold here, people. This is gold. <laughs> okay, so um, tell me how you feel about going into the vote to right now, please. Well, I'm going to vote in favor of uh, stopping the picketing. I mean, we've been at it for over 90 days now. Uh, we've really shown great solidarity, great camaraderie. And I just think that, you know, it, it, this, is the, this is the first step into stopping this incredible financial collateral damage that's been inflicted on your below-the-line uh, uh, workers in show business and all the merchants, the businessmen, the caterers, the florists, the restaurants. The massage therapists. The massage therapists. You bet. You name it. All, all, all the luxury things that we like to have, we've had to, you know, I've had to ask my wife to give me a foot rub and I've said I'll trade you I'll trade you foot massages you know so we've had to sort of cut here and there oh you know just I'll so cut my own hair just so you know he doesn't he didn't know I was a massage therapist when we no, started no I did not that's very good so I'm sure I'll get your card when this is over right oh you sure will anyway um, so talk to me okay so you're you want you're voting to, to end the strike uh, I'm, well I'm voting to end the picketing oh, that's okay. what today's about okay. because it's going to take a couple of weeks to get the contract written out and then uh, approving or not approving it. What about the contract? How do you, will you tell me how you're going to go with that or how you uh, feel about that at least? Well, again, uh, I really think that it is the very best deal that uh, um, Patrick Verone and the entire WGA negotiating team could have done. I think they, uh, when they showed up at the Shrine Auditorium Saturday night, they brought absolutely the best deal that they could come up with to present to us. Now, is it is it a perfect deal? No, it's not. You know, there, there are sticking points that are very major with some writers who are not happy with it at all. But then you ask the question, are those sticking points worth continuing a strike and setting aside all the, the things that we gained? You know, and what we gained was an incredible foothold into the internet. Can you please uh, describe the vibe Saturday night? Because I'm not in the Writers Guild and I really wanted to experience that. Yeah, the vibe, uh, is actually I told somebody from the Hollywood Reporter the same thing, he asked me. And, and I think the vibe that night was uh, a, a cautious optimism. That's the best way I can describe it. You know, we were all, we all wanted it to end, we all want to get back to work, but you know, you first had to see what they were going to put down on the table. And, uh, and they did, and we went through it, you know, line by line. And after that was that took about two hours, and then after that was over, there were microphones all over the auditorium, and everybody had a chance to voice their opinion, who wanted to, and quite a few did, and they weren't all good, you know, but most of them overall were uh, congratulating the team for uh, really doing a great job over all these months. Take me to um, that same day, SAG and AFTRA were trying to hash something out. Can you explain to my audience what that was about? I, I, I'm not sure, but I do think that SAG and AFTRA want to go their separate ways as far as being able to negotiate their contacts separately. That's about all I know at that. I think there's been a little uh, a dissension there, and uh, AFTRA just feels the right to, uh, to, to go on their own. Okay, what do you think about the timing about that? Well, I don't know yet. I really don't know. Uh, if we pass this, uh, uh, the vote here to, uh, to end the strike, uh, I think that's going to help SAG a whole lot. I, I don't know what it's going to do with them. I really haven't uh, uh, tried analyzing that one at all. Okay, fair enough. SAG's been so supportive of the Writers Guild. Mm -hmm. Any advice for SAG when they go up for their contracts? 
what I would say is that if they're not happy with, with what we have, uh, they, they've got to do what's right for them. And well, I, you're in SAG. How and I'm you? SAG also. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I've, I, I've marched with these guys now for three months, and I've, I've seen them come with us. I, I would feel that we all have, have a moral obligation to strike with them, too. That's going to be interesting. But you know what? I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I have a feeling that they're going to get this thing settled. I just don't think we can take another hit like this. Okay. 20 years from now, when there's another fucking disruptive technology that fucks <laughs> the entertainment industry and how we do business and how we create content or art, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, any advice to future generations of, of union and guild members? Well, always try to remember that uh, the more time goes by, the more corporations and conglomerates you're going to be fighting. And what we learned was you have got to be solid. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm a daytime writer, okay? And, uh, and, and I really feel that had every daytime writer walked away... I think this strike would have ended earlier. Oh. I really do. Okay. I have. I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. Okay. But daytime writers seem to be more notorious for having FICOR and scab writers continue on the show because I, I don't know the future of daytime. You know, I really don't. The ratings haven't gotten any worse since this strike. That's for sure. But, you know, Passions is, has just been canceled, and it just seems like... The ratings are getting lower and lower. Uh, the last I heard was Days of Our Lives was going to end in 2009. Now, that show's been around for 42 years, okay? So, you just wonder, who's next? Guiding Light? One Life to Live? How many shows are going to be left in three to five years? And I think a lot of the FICOR writers have justified it by saying, well, we've got to save daytime television. Well, that's crap to me. I mean, come on, we're all in the same boat, you know? And if, and if, and if, there's, a, if there's a strike, then, then you honor it. And that's my opinion. <laughs> parting shots as we wrap this up? Uh, no parting shots. I don't want to, I, I, you know, we, we've gone too far to offer any parting shots. I just want to congratulate uh, uh, the entire WGA negotiating team for a great job they've done. I mean, none of us have had to sit at that table with all these big studio conglomerates and their attorneys. Who knows what that situation's like? So my hat's off to them for doing a great job. Thank you very uh, much. You're very welcome. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're very That was Bruce Nichols in front of the Writers Guild Theater on the day the membership voted to end the strike. Coming up in our last recording for this episode is an interview with writer Alfredo Barrios. Let's listen. Yeah, my name is Alfredo Barrios. I'm a uh, writer on the show called Burn Notice on USA Network. Okay. And I voted no. Uh, so you voted no to, to continue picketing then, is what yeah, you're saying? I voted no to calling off the strike, and I'll vote no for the deal. Can you please explain why you're coming from with that? I think it's a bad deal. I mean, I think we settled for exactly what we were afraid of, which was a fixed rate on our internet uh, reruns. I think that we feared that the studios would use this as a way to effectively roll back our residuals, which they've done. When we get a fraction of what we get when they rerun our shows on TV, and when you realize that show reruns are going to become internet reruns, you realize it's going to be a rollback. It's going to be a, roll, a massive rollback, and it's the result of our negotiators rolling over. How do you think the entire guild's going to go? What do you think is going to go down? I actually don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a fair amount of people in favor of voting for the deal. I think as a result largely of a, of a sale job, a sales job, 
that I don't think fully disclose the holes in this contract. And I think people are a bit anxious to get back to work and probably not as willing to really explore the contract as they should be. But I think anybody that's really looked at the contract, they can't say this is a good deal. So what are the holes in the contract? Well, like I said, the internet provision is a joke. I mean, everybody's been touting it as a percentage of distributors gross. When you read the contract, it's defined as a specific amount of money. It's a fixed rate. That is a fixed rate payment. It's not a percentage of anything. That probably is the biggest hole in this whole thing. Also, even if it does mean something, let's assume for, for the sake of argument that the distributors gross actually means something, it doesn't cover basic cable. And basic cable is the fastest and, and most profitable part of the business at this point in time and is the future of scripted television. And for SAG in particular, as you guys go through your negotiations, I hope you guys get it because you'll see more and more SAG members on basic cable shows and they won't be, you know, they won't get nearly as much money, you know, when the shows rerun on the internet as they would on network television. And as we know, network television is producing less and less scripted fare. Yeah, yeah. So what's your advice to SAG right at this, at this time? Hang strong and don't settle for this because it's a joke. Wow, okay. Are you prepared to go back on the strike line? Yes. Okay. If the strike ends today, what advice do you have to your brothers and sisters online on future generations 20 years from now when another disruptive technology fucks with the entertainment industry and how we do business? I'd say really take a hard look at what that new technology means, how will it will impact you, how much money the studios will make from it, and that you have to be willing to hang out, to hang you know, onto a strike and to be strong to get your fair share, because otherwise we're going to be completely taken advantage of. Thank you very much. It's a day. You have been listening to the Rider Strike Chronicle podcast, available for free through iTunes. For more information, visit us at www.strikechronicles.com. To contact us, please call 310-439-8754 or send us an email at info at strikechronicles.com.